sharing projects that matter. This is Community Voices on Portland Radio Project. Hi, this is Community Voices with Jamie Dracos. And today in the studio, we have some folks from Suga Community Commission, a group of summer camps serving young girls and children of deployed military personnel. We have Aaron McPherson, Doug Sam, Kira, and Kelsey in the studio. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Thanks, Hi. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having us here. And Aaron, I wanted to ask you, why the focus on children with deployed family members for your camp? Where did that come from? Uh, well, it actually started um, with a program called Operation Purple, which was a National Military Family Association program. Children of military families often are an unseen population in their communities and in schools. And so having them have a place where they can get together and be with other children who um, deal with the same struggles that they deal with having a, a parent deployed overseas um, is really where camp began, to create that camp community for them. Mm-hmm. What are some of the struggles that children who have family members who are deployed, what, what are some of their experiences that your camp is hoping to help them process? I think one of the things they get is people who understand um, and want to help them talk through what's happening in their world. It's really a traumatic event to have a parent, or even in my case, an uncle being deployed out, um, even to places that you know are safe, even if you know that they're likely not going to be in a position of danger um, while they're overseas. Having that loss um, and perhaps not fully understanding why other than they're serving their country um, can be something that's really, really, um, again, traumatic. And having a place for them to process that is really important. Um, Having a place where they can feel like they're a normal uh, child, not a child um, that has somebody who's missing from their family for a year or more. Um, That's what our camp helps to provide, that traditional summer camp experience Um, except everyone around you also understands what it is that you're going through um, and is there to lend an ear or to help you process um, and recognize that you're not alone. Oregon, I think, is one of five states um, without a major military installation. Um, And those military bases, I think, serve a lot more um, than just being a physical place for um, soldiers to train at, to have their equipment at. Um, Those are also places that provide community um, for those families. And not having that within the state of Oregon is one niche that we're trying to fill. Oh, great. So Kira and Kelsey, you both have had a, a parent who was deployed, and you have both attended this camp before. Can you tell me what was special for you about the camp and your camping experience? Um, Well, the first time I was out at camp, um, it was right after my dad had been deployed. And it was the first time, really, that I can remember he was deployed. I know he was deployed when I was younger, but I can't really remember that. But I know that going through elementary school when he was on the other side of the world was a huge struggle because— There was nobody in my classes who knew what I was going through, or there wasn't even any teachers that could kind of 
share an experience with me there. So being able that summer to go out to camp and be surrounded by people my own age who had not only like know, who not only knew what I was going through, but were going through the same thing as well. It really helped me to kind of like understand what was going on. And I think I'm a much stronger, better person coming out of that, having had that experience. Did you want to add anything to that, Kelsey? Um, I know for me that the first, uh, the few most recent times I've been at camp, it was, it was like good for me to have someone to talk to because at school I never like had anybody to talk to about anything and it was hard for me to like um, have anybody that went through the same things. So being at camp, it really helped me to like come out of my shell and like have someone to talk to who could like help me go through everything. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Kelsey. In Kira's case and Kelsey's case, they've both been to camp for a few years. And um, Kira, you're also a part of the staff now. Um, clearly, there's something that keeps bringing people back to this camp. And I am wondering, Kira, if you can tell me what you find special beyond just the the relationships that you've built or the, um, the experience of being around other kids who have deployed family members. I'd say that definitely after a couple of times of being out there, it starts to feel kind of like a secondary home. Um I feel more like myself when I'm there at camp, and now that I've now that I've grown up and I'm older, uh, I want to be able to give the same experience to you know the younger kids who are now coming into the program, having those deployed parents. I want to be able to give them what was given to me when I was their age. Yeah, and Doug, you started as a counselor when you were in high school, and um, what has brought you back year after year to the camp? Because it's been several years. Do you want to tell everybody how many years you've been involved with the camp? <laughs> um, I started back in 2012 when I was a sophomore, um, the summer of my sophomore year. Um, and I was a counselor for two years. I was a field instructor for a year, went away to college, and now I'm back as a field instructor again. Um, and one of the reasons why I really enjoy coming back to this community and why this community means so much to me um, is... Um, so we are based off of the outdoor school model of how to run a summer camp, right? Um, and so we've taken that uh, where you build a community that's really strong and really intentional week after week after week um, with new people every week. And now we've gone and done that year after year after year with the same people. Um, so you start fr- uh, forming those really strong connections, um, not only to your fellow staff members and your fellow counselors, um, but also um, to those campers that we see year after year who might have started off when they were eight years old going into our very youngest cabins and seeing them grow year after year and then returning as counselors and the staff members themselves um, who want to give back, who want to um, serve others who are now coming through um, and experiencing the same things they experience. I think that's a really powerful thing for me that draws me back. Yeah, and it sounds like your program has expanded in the years since. You're not only running a camp for um, kids who have deployed family members. You also have another camp now that's uh, for women, young women, I believe, yes? Uh, yeah, that's correct. It's called Camp Two Roads. Uh-huh. Uh, so Suga actually looks to 
form these intentional communities and build stronger relationships within those communities. And so while we did start with military families and the youth of military families here in Oregon, um, we're always looking to what other communities are underserved in the camping world, um, groups that could really benefit from coming together and building that community. And one of the camps that we're starting this summer is specifically designed for uh, young women. And have you run that camp in the past, or is this will this be the inaugural year? This is actually the inaugural year. Uh, I am actually the executive director. I'll be on site as the director this year, so I'm super excited to bring this camp to Suga. Uh, I've done several years of day camp work with young girls in the Portland metro area, and this just felt like the next natural step um, to really deepen that community. Yeah, so let's talk about logistics here. Where where are the camps at? And they are overnight camps, correct? Uh, yeah, so they're week-long resident camps. Um, camp Two Roads will be running in um, Silverton, Oregon, out of a camp called Canyon View Camp. And then Oregon Summer Star this year will be in Southern Oregon at Camp Lutgawa. In Eagle Point. Yes, that's correct. Uh, often we bounce around the state. We're kind of like a camp on wheels, I think, is what we've been nicknamed. Sometimes <laughs> we just pack it all into the to the cars and we go wherever the need is. Uh huh. You're doing two week long camps. One will be with the uh, kids who have military families, right. and then the other one will be with um, girls. Correct. What ages are your campers for those two camps? I actually think that they're pretty similar. So Camp Two Roads um, and Summer Star both start with age eight. Uh huh. I know that Camp Two Roads campers run through 10th grade and Oregon Summer Star, I believe, Doug, doesn't it go through uh, 12th grade? Um, I believe we've had campers in the past who go all the way up until their 12th grade year. Um, starting their 10th grade year is when we start um, promoting them and hiring them onto staff. If people wanted to, are, are people able to register for camp still? Uh, do you have openings available for kids at this point? Absolutely. Both camps still can uh, take new campers, and uh, our registration information is on our website, which is suga.org with a silent T. So it's T-S-U-G-A dot org. And we also have a Facebook page for not only Suga Community Commission, but also Oregon Summer Star and Camp Two Roads. And... Do you know the cost of the camps? Uh, each camp is $300. Okay, so a really reasonably priced camp experience for folks. Trying to keep it affordable for you know families of all styles and families especially that have multiple children, right? So. Right, right, great, great. And what kind of activities do you have for the kids at these two camps? Well, Camp Two Roads is really about... Um, Enriching the lives of young women, giving them the opportunity to try new things that they might not have felt comfortable trying out in the rest of the world. So um, we offer things like um, Dutch oven cooking, learning how to you know camp and cook in, in the outdoors, um, outdoor skills. So how to mm-hmm. use a pocket knife, how to use maps and compasses, and talking about you know backpacking skills. Um, and then we have, you know, your good old traditional summer camp fun, archery, swimming, zip lining, um, all kinds of arts and crafts, those kinds of things. Cool. Cool. All right. So, Kelsey, what is your favorite activity at camp? Um, one of my favorite activities at camp is probably outdoor skills 
or swimming. <laughs> <laughs> and Kira, do you have a favorite or a past favorite? Um, well, I know that I always was a really big fan of like nature and outdoor skills ones as well as archery. Um, but now that you know, I'm a counselor, I found that some of my favorite things are like boating and the zip line. Yeah, that that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> and we can't forget that this year, Oregon Summer Star, they are going whitewater rafting. Ooh, which will be super exciting. I'm wow. looking forward to that. Yeah, that is super exciting. Kelsey, so I hear that you feel like Camp Two Roads is very important community. Do you want to tell us about Camp Two Roads? Um, Camp Two Roads is like a camp for girls to go and get the pressure off of being like judged about like if they're doing something wrong and like the pressure of like not having boys being there because like I know for me at my school in PE it was always like harder for me to go and like be myself and like play basketball because I never wanted to go play basketball with the boys because they're always like so much better than me so I never wanted to get judged and at Camp Two Roads it's like they're not there so I can be myself and I can and other girls can have the opportunity to just go and be themselves and get the pressure off. So uh, you talked about how um, Suga is really focused on building community and building kind of a community that can last over time and uh bring other people in. How is it that you achieve that? I mean, that's the magic of camp, right? I mean, what causes people to keep coming back? It's that magic that you don't get in your day-to-day life. There's, It's this little microcosm of the world where you can step outside of your troubles in you know, your normal life. You can let everything go. You can forget what day of the week it is, what month it is, Um, You don't care about wearing a watch unless you're a counselor, and then you must wear a watch. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you don't really—all of those, like, worldly troubles and what's going on in your home, in your neighborhood, and even in your country, all of those troubles can just kind of slip away. And for that week at camp, it's it's just really fun, and everybody supports you and accepts you for who you are, and you get to try awesome new things and meet new friends, and I think there's just— a natural high about that, that people just want to keep having over and over again. And that's what I think makes people come back. That's why I go back to camp every year. I think bridging off of that, um, because you feel supported and trust everybody around you, it lets you open up and be vulnerable about some of those things that um, we are trying to discuss. We are trying to um, fill a niche for um, by having these camps. Um, You can be really open about, well, what is it like to have um, somebody overseas. Um, what is it like to have somebody in the military overseas? Um, and you can start expressing those fears. You can start expressing um, any of your other emotions that you're experiencing and process those, um, not only with your fellow counselors, but also with staff members who are trained for that. Um, and then our behavioral health consultant as well um, is on site um, who can help process those things Um and talk through them with you in a way that you might not have been able to do um, were you just talking to a teacher or a counselor, even one that you trusted a lot, um, or talking to your friends 
um, who you might trust a lot but might not have that same experience. Yeah, I, and I think that brings up an, another good question is, so it sounds like you have regular camper staff but then some specialized staff. What is the, what's the ratio of campers to staff and um, what other kind of staff do you have? It's approximately one to five, so it's fairly high for our camp. Um, we only have about 70 campers for either site. Um, and alongside the counselors, um, we have field instructors like myself who are developing curriculum for the camp um, to have some sort of structured focus time where they're working on skills like building teamwork or those outdoor skills, um, appreciating the world around them um, with nature studies, things like that. Um, we have cabin area managers who are supporting our counselors when they're not on field study, um, working with them to build teamwork within their cabins, to work together to accomplish tasks that they might have. Um, even something as simple as like cleaning your cabin every day. So you get a clean cabin beat at the end of the week. <laughs> um, and then we have our behavioral health consultant who um, licensed psychiatrist, right? Is that, that what Bobcat is? I believe so. Yes. Um, so somebody who has way more training than any of us on staff for talking through some really deep emotional trauma, um, bringing those out and helping to heal those um, or start the process of healing those rather. Um, we have our family liaison as well out at camp because I know um, as a parent, when you watch your kids go away to camp and you know how much fun they're going to have and there's a little bit of you that just really wishes you could be the fly on the wall and get to experience it with them. So our family liaison is a little bit like paparazzi and they go around and they take lots of pictures of the kids doing all the fun, great stuff. And then we get to share that um, with the families through social media. So they, although they're not there at camp, which I think their children are probably happy. <laughs> they're not there. Um, <laughs> and Unless you're my children and then I'm there. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> uh, uh, but it gives them the opportunity to kind of share in some of that magic as well. Uh-huh. Um, so I assume that you have some of the the traditional activities of camp, like you have campfires and you roast marshmallows. And is there like some singing? So much singing. <laughs> um <laughs> That's one point about this program that I sort of pride myself in is that we have really high quality campfires that incorporate some of those traditional camp songs, but not the terrible ones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as we get the go ahead from, you know, no fires in the in the season, we'll cross our fingers. The summer's a good one. Uh, there's generally a big wax box that takes place some point at campfire. Um, what is a wax box? A big fire. <laughs> it's a grocery box um, that has wax on it. And so it burns really, really well oh. and really, really tall. You don't want to be in the front row that night. <laughs> uh, it's great fun. That, that sounds like a good time. So it l sounds like you have sort of kept the outdoor school tradition of, of names, of camp names. Do you, guys, do you want to share the story of why Suga is the name of the organization and uh, maybe share some of your camp names, if that's allowed? So actually, Suga um, comes from the, our founder. That was his camp name at Outdoor School when he first envisioned this organization. And uh, Suga is the 
scientific name for a western hemlock tree, which is mm-hmm. a tree that grows um, very commonly here in Oregon. And it's a tree where uh, if you're hiking in the forest, you'll know it because it likes to grow on stumps and nurse logs. So it doesn't grow with its roots in the ground. It grows with its roots exposed. And so Suga really came about as, you know, building this community where you grow with roots exposed. Um, and it just deepens the community that you're a part of. Doug, what is your camp name? My camp name is Marshmallow. Um, I started using that when I started going to outdoor school, um, sort of as a funny thing between uh, my friends and myself. Um, And I just really like the name because it's really bubbly. And now as somebody who teaches um, about nature and about uh, water science specifically, usually when I'm at outdoor school, um, the marshmallow is also a flowering plant that grows uh, next to um, rivers and in marshlands. Um, And so I have that opportunity now to also interject some learning um, when people come and ask me that question. (laughs) Did did you two want to share your camp names? Um, So I'm Nemo. I'm Bagel. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to tell us about those names? Yeah, so... um, with me, when I was first looking to, you know, create a camp name for myself, I was thinking, you know, well, what was I, like, really into when I was a kid? And, you know, I was drawing blanks, you know, just thinking of, like, animals I liked and whatnot. And then uh, it was my mom who reminded me that when I was really little, I watched the movie Finding Nemo once or twice every day for at least a year. She's not so. exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. So I figured Nemo's a perfect name to go with, and I feel like growing on that, I can't imagine my name being anything different at this point. <laughs> um, so Bagel came from someone else who's we called Bagel, who's my sister's friend. We called her Bagel, and I was like a mini her, so they called me Mini Bagel. And then when we went to camp— uh, and she left. I was a PA for like one time at a day camp, and my name was Bagel. So, we like, uh, what's a PA? Program assistant. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's a good story. Thanks, Erin. Do you have a camp name or? Uh, I have several actually. Oh. Um, I so I started at outdoor school. Um, a while ago, I won't reveal how long. And um, at, when I was at outdoor school, my name was Chaos. My friends named me that. Um, they told me because my life was always so busy and I was always doing so many things that they just uh, thought it would be chaos to live my life because I never stop. And I still haven't stopped. But I've come up with a name that I like a little bit better than than that, that I've kind of named myself, and that's Salmonberry. Um, Salmonberry is a plant that grows it's a shrub. It's uh, native to, to Oregon. Looks a little bit like a raspberry. Uh, doesn't taste as good as a raspberry. Um, anyway, so salmonberry, um, it's just a really pretty plant. The leaves kind of look like a butterfly, and it's easy to identify. So, Yeah, thanks for sharing those names with us. So if you are a parent, why send your kids to camp? Why not send your kids to camp, I guess, is how I would answer that. Um, it's just such a magical opportunity, and... For me, there's nothing like a week at summer camp. I never got to go as a child to summer camp. Um, I fell in love with outdoor school, and 
that's what's kept me coming back to the camp world. So for myself, I want my children to have that opportunity to just be able to discover who they really are in a non-threatening environment, um, develop some resiliency, give them the opportunity to try new things, to step out of their comfort zones and the shells that they pr- create for themselves at school and just find who they really are. It seems like a, a beautiful opportunity to have a lot of fun and make new friends and just be, be around kids that are, that are like you. And then I think to grow as well. Um, one of the things that we pride ourselves on during our weeks of camp is you're not just there to like stagnantly take in the things around you and just to have fun um, and to build community. You're also there um, trying new things, challenging yourself um, to make that connection with somebody else, um, to learn something new, to do something that you haven't done before, um, and to grow from those experiences. Um, and I think that's a really great place to do that um, because it's a safe space where you're supported by the people around you. Um, it's a space where um, you trust the people around you. Um, and so you bring those skills with you back out into the world um, where things may not be as safe as our camp is, where things may not be as controlled as where camp is. And you have those skills in your back pocket that you can then deploy of um, how do you make how do you build this relationship with somebody else? How do you get through this situation that you haven't encountered before? Um, and I think that's one thing that, um, as well, beyond having fun, um, your children will get from coming to our camp. I want to take us back to the um, origin of your camp. So this camp was originally one of many camps that were run for children of uh, military or family members of military personnel. Uh, is it still that? And um, can you tell us a little bit about the origin? So like I said, Oregon Summer Star actually came from Operation Purple, which was a national um, military camp. And they were run all around the country. Our camp was the only one in Oregon, uh, Oregon Summer Star. Um, and well, actually, it was Operation Purple back then and when it was receiving national funding from the National Military Family Association. And over the course of several years, as the wars have kind of dwindled down and deployment hasn't been such a big hot button um, media topic, the funding nationally has decreased. And so the amount of Operation Purple camps that were offered continually decreased. Uh, we were very fortunate to be one of the last few remaining uh, camps. And then, you know, funding was cut in half, and then it was even half of that. And then pretty soon the funding for our camp was no longer provided nationally, and we had to look to other places to fund camp. But it it sounded like maybe there is still a need in the state of Oregon. We still have deployed military folks with families. Absolutely. Um, in fact, this year, um, or the Oregon National Guard is facing um, one of the largest deployments that we've seen um, in the past couple of years. The 41st Infantry um, Battalion Combat Team um, will be going all over the world from Eastern Europe to Africa um, and in the Middle East. 
Um, and so one of the reasons why we continue to offer this program, one of the reasons why we felt so strongly that we wanted to do this um, was not only because of our own personal connections to that community, um, but also seeing um, new needs um, and new families that we can welcome into our community as well. Um, because just because those wars have thankfully started to wind down doesn't mean that um, Oregon military families aren't still going um, through that same trauma um, that so many more were going through um, back when we first started. Mm-hmm. Since you've lost funding, uh, f- national, federal funding, um, how are you? How are you getting your funding now? Because you're offering a very affordable camp experience for kids. So we look for local businesses and community leaders that um, understand the mission that we are uh, attempting to accomplish. Um, asking them to partner with us. Um, we hold fundraisers throughout the year, um, actually just had one, uh, and had a few business partners come from there. So I would like to say thank you to JJ Calibrations and Pearl Catering as being two very wonderful community uh, supporters of SUGA. And if people wanted to help support you financially, where could they find out more information? On our website. Okay. Yeah, Great. all of that information on how to partner with us and sponsor uh, more kids to go to camp would be found on our website. So this has been Suga Camp, uh, Suga Community Commission. And I want to thank you all for coming in this afternoon to chat with us. And can you tell everybody, Erin, one more time where people can sign up for camp or learn how to support your camp? So you can find us at suga.org. That's T-S-U-G-A dot org. And we're also on Facebook under Suga Community Commission. And if you don't want to spell that, just look for Oregon Summer Star or Camp Two Roads. Great. And Aaron, Doug, Kelsey, and Kira, thank you so much for coming in and being with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You've been listening to Community Voices on Portland Radio Project. Discover more episodes at prp.fm and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms.